on 2SM and the Super Radio Network. Welcome to High Tide. If only I could go fishing down the river again. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Up before the sun with a can of worms. Running with my friend. And Shimano, tomorrow's tackle today. It is five minutes after six here on High Tide. Good to have the pleasure of your company this morning. Weather-wise for today, there is uh, not looking too bad out there. The uh, forecast for Sydney Harbour, Pittwater and Botany Bay looks southerly, 15 to 20 knots, tending southeasterly in the late afternoon, seas below 0.5 of a metre. For offshore, southerly, 15 to 25 knots, tending southeasterly in the late afternoon, seas around one metre, increasing to 1 to 1.5 during the afternoon. The swell easterly around two metres, inshore increasing to uh, 1 to 1.5 metres uh, offshore. Partly cloudy and we're looking at the chance of a thunderstorm a little bit later on, Mr Blake. Are we? Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Thunderstorms. Hopefully that'll be nice. Sounds positive. Are we going to go up north? We are. We are. Let's see if someone's got their head above water at the moment. Peter, say a good morning. No, not there yet. Not there? Why not? (laughs) Why not? Oh, Kieran's right. You're going to go to bed now, aren't you? <laughs> the, part, the part where I said I'd have to ring Peter Say because I was trying to communicate with uh, Kieran Ricky didn't ring a bell? No. No. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Well, let's, okay. If we've got Kieran then, let's give it a fish report, Kieran. Okay. Uh, Coffs Harbour. Laurie was talking about the lack of mackerel. Well, they had some reports at Coffs Harbour on. Wednesday, Thursday and Friday that there was some spotted mackerel and bar caught about. The marlin were there, the blue, the black and the stripes were out there. Anywhere from 30 to 100 metre mark was snapper, pearl, perch and tuskfish. The dollies were around the uh, traps and the boys. Kingies were out wide as well. They're also around the island and around the lighthouse. Off the beaches there was whiting dark brim and jewfish. Rocks had a good run of brim, blackfish, some drummer. Off the rivers, uh, the Bellingham was good, the Yurunga was good, whiting, mangrove jacks, plenty of flat air about, and a good run of brim. Upstream, the bass are there, and don't forget the cicadas. In the marina, you've got the blackfish and brim around there at the harbour. Plenty of whiting on that little beach just there, and there's been brim. Captain Dan, they had reports of yellow belly and cod also in a Pindari. So that's what's happening on Fishing Tackle Australia, 144, the Pacific Highway at Coffs Harbour. If, if you're interested in Tamworth, uh, that's quite good out there. Keeper, Chaffee, Split Rock, the Namoy and the Pearl Rivers are fishing very well. All for cod and yellow belly. Don't forget, use the black soft plastics working good. Glenbourne Dam's great, St Clair's great. It's just that Keeper Dam's down to 60%. Away we go up north. Yeah. Oh, we're ready to go up and talk to Peter Sayer. Let's do that. Morning, Peter Sayer. Yes, I am here this time. That's all right. Is it a bit wet up there still? Uh, it's a little bit damp underfoot. It hasn't stopped raining for about the last week and a half. And um, you know, we're regularly recording 200 mils of rain a, a day and... Um, Flooding is still occurring. Uh, roads are still washing away and flooding. Um, and efforts to repair the water system into um, Port Douglas are very much hampered. And um, at this stage, most of Port Douglas is under level four water restrictions. Yeah, I was, I was hearing the uh, 
the tin sheds closed at the moment because it's can't, got no water. Yeah, it's, it's a, a big issue. What's happening is um, there's been so many landslips and landslides and um, boulders coming down hills that the, the water is so muddy um, that the filtration system in the waterworks just can't keep up to it. Okay. Uh, so it's becoming a, a major issue. Um, we're fine where we are. We have um, uh, ball water where we are, which is beautiful water to drink. We've got a pretty clean creek as well. Um, and if we're on the boat, we just get out the sea and we'll make some, make some water once we get out to clear water um, from the desalination. But uh, the weather forecast up here is um, uh, basically uh, 5 to 10 knots or 0 to 5 knots in most areas. Um, I like this comment. A near 100% chance of rain. <laughs> near 100% chance. Talk rain. about an each way bet. <laughs> I thought a 99.9 or a reference number there somewhere might have been nice to hear. A near 100% chance of rain. Um, so, yesterday we had um, a couple of guests coming up um, to meet us. They'd uh, flown in from Germany and um, France. And. Um, uh, they we advised them beforehand that it's going to be hard to get here, and wow. so they'd, they'd go by bus by the inland road, which it got flooded. So they then had to go to the ferry service, which is operating um, between Cairns and Port Douglas. But one of the bigger issues there is uh, it hasn't got the capacity to carry the number of uh, people which are um, wanting to get back to uh, Cairns Airport to fly out and meet up with connecting flights and the like. So, oh well, they're making good money then. They're full um, all the time. Well, they're, they're subsidised, but I, I don't think... I was talking to one of the operators, and they're, they're not making good money yet. Oh, OK. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite see there. I, I think because they're subsidised, they've got a, um, a a cap on how much they can charge. charge. Um, otherwise, it gets to be at a quite ridiculous price. But um, for the faster cats, it's around about a two-hour to two-and-a-half-hour run um, down the coast, and the weather's been very good to us at this stage uh, regarding sea conditions because it's just like a, it's very, very calm out there with zero wind, um, which is probably really need a little bit of wind to push this monsoon trough away. So the monsoon trough is coming in from the west, and by about next Saturday, it is a, a um, we're going to say a chance of a cyclone, I don't want to put any scaring out there, a chance of some very strong winds in the Gulf. Uh, with a, a low pressure cell, which will get uh, quite strong in there, and then push across uh, the Cape and then uh, out into the Coral Sea. So we, we've got a, a lot more weather coming with uh, some quite substantial winds by the end of um, end of next week. So you put off your trip with the German people, or are you still going? No, we. I had planned to, to go to the Coral Sea. They'd been up there before me and really loved it. And uh, once I get back, it's just why they kept in contact with me inside the cave. But um, I'll probably make my way up towards um, uh, towards Cooktown and uh, Fraser, so Fraser, I'm saying Lizard Island. Sorry, I've got, in, in the background here, I've got a text coming in or something. Clicking <laughs> away, away in the phone. Yeah. That, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be a great mate going, hey, Pete, I'm listening to you on the radio. Do you know you're on the radio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably go up to Lizard Island. Lizard Island... Um, it has an anchorage in most areas, so if, if yeah. the wind gets around to the north, which is forecast to do, we can move to the side of that island and uh, get a bit of shelter. Um, and if it, it is also forecast to get around to the north uh, by the end of the, the week again, so we'll just ride that back down and back into Port Douglas or into Cooktown even. Yeah. 
So it's a matter of um, uh, when, when you're travelling long distances, and I'd, I'd say any, any boat which is going more than 30 or 40 mile, um, uh, certainly needs to consider what the weather's going to be in a few days' time. Yes. Um, and, and even even off Sydney, if you're you know, if you're heading out in a, a, a speedboat and you say you're going to Browns Mountain, what's the weather going to be like by the afternoon? Um, I've been caught up there in strong westerlies that I uh, didn't watch the forecast too closely on once or twice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a matter of planning ahead. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be okay. Matt, to ask you, how's your watermaker going on the Phoenix now? You up the pressure on it a little bit? Did that solve the problem? Yeah, it certainly did. It brought the pressure. We brought the pressure up on the desal. It made the water a lot more palatable. Um, and we we made a couple of other modifications with pre-filters and stuff yeah. like that just to keep the membranes clean. But um, a couple of new membranes and some um, uh, higher pressure ratings. We're now running around about a thousand psi on the okay. on the uh, membranes, which is um, uh, which gets the uh, salt content down. Which it's kind of strange. I don't quite understand how if you push something through a membrane with higher pressure, how it takes more salt out. You think you're pushing more through. It seems to be the reverse of what you would expect. They're a black art, aren't they, watermakers? Yeah, they are, that's for sure. But they're an essential tool for us. Well, that's um, right. As, as everyone well knows. It's, um, when I think back, I used to run a little 30-footer up and down the coast here and you know, we'd take, uh, I think we had about 200 litres of water, so you'd have a... Um, a, a really good salt water shower and a very quick rinse off. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, a tap on and a tap off. Uh, every, every time you wouldn't do, do too much. But um, uh, desalinators, generators, uh, Starlink all make life uh, a hell of a lot different than what it was back then. Yes. How would you like to win in the Second World War on a submarine uh, or something like that? Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's only. Um, um, I was only answering some questions online about a shipwreck I was diving a little while ago, just just before you you called me. But um, yeah, they, no, they had to come from. Um, you think of Japanese ship which is coming down to attack Australia or into the Solomon Islands, which is where we were recently. And they had to load up with everything they needed, and they didn't have any desalinators, so they either had to get water somewhere on the way or get a, get to a creek or something. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, it goes back first. You look at Cook's ship and the the old uh, ships running across. I was going to say, across. you're all soft. Though. Look, in the tall ship days, most of them survived. Most of them survived. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's the thing. Even you know, if you read my book, you know, um, Australia's Coral Sea Islands, a little plug there, sorry. Um, the um, old shipwrecks, when they got wrecked on reefs, and they said, all right, let's just make a long boat or, or cut up the old ship and make, make a boat of some sort. One of the first things they would do would be sail to the coast somewhere uh, to get some fresh water uh, before sailing on to uh, Batavia and trying to get rescued at that end of town. Uh, yeah, it's so quite so. interesting when you, you know, look at those sort of things and how they did it. It's just just mm. amazing. And, that, and that's why they ended up in Sydney Harbour on the first fleet and not in Botany Bay. They originally were supposed to go to Botany Bay, but they couldn't find enough fresh water. That's right. Yeah, mm. That's correct, yeah. But does the tank stream come into play? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, quite interesting. Interesting. Water, but, is, water is essential, and Port Douglas are suffering for it right now. It's, it's, and to get caught out, um, I guess no one ever imagined we could get that much rain after a cyclone and didn't expect as many landslips as we had, but uh, uh, the roads are still down to one lane. Well, the roads, when they're open uh, and, and not flooding over, they're down to one lane. A lot of it have been undermined and 
the road looks fine on top, but uh, as you drive past and look back, you realise that there's, there's no foundation under the road. It's just a bit of tar hanging in midair. And it's very hard for all the tourism operators that went through COVID, then it started to come good, and now they've got this problem again. Yeah, there's always something there. There's always something which is trying to <laughs> trying to push us out of business. Um, you know, to get back to SARS was one that struck here ages ago, and then there's the aircraft. Looking back, issue the, the the airline strikes that were on. Yeah, um, that was back in the nineties, um, and it, it it just goes on and on. There's always something, but um, I think the good operators prepared for it. Um, yes. They have their war chest ready, and uh, you need need to keep it in in mind in this part of the world. Yeah. Okay, Pete. Thank you very much for that. And we might talk to you next week from Lizard Island. Yes, that'd be great. Starlink yeah, will do be... its job. <laughs> that'd be via. That'd be via Starlink for sure. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Great to catch up. Okay. Bye. Yeah, we know who's earning the money. The two that have got Starlink, right? No, but it's Star... look. My kids have just put it on home because they live at Cadai and Riverside Oaks in the golf mm. course, and it is horrendous the the phone reception there. Yeah. And the unit. Oh, we're going to put MBN on. It's coming. It's coming. Well. You just put Starlink on, it's done. And it's done. And it's it, comparatively, like for the RV version, it's not that well, more expensive. Well, not even RV version because they're fixed. So it's really only 30 or $40 a month more. Yeah. And you've got reliable internet, reliable phones. And faster than the NBN. It's strange about that, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it weird? Yeah. We'll take a break here on High Tide on the other side of this. We're going to come back and chat a bit of politics with Melinda Pavey. Talkin' Sport in 2024. It's a very sad day for me and all of us. This is the last day of Talkin' Sport. Thank you, thank you very much for educating me and listeners. You're giving us so much joy and entertainment. You guys don't realise how much of a laugh you guys give us over the years. You guys do a great show and um, you keep me company on my drive home and I can't think I speak for lots of listeners. I don't know anything too much about sport, but I just want to say to you guys, you've got the best show on the radio. So someone said, oh, you're off, and I went, oh, bugger. <laughs> It's been a tough three years for me, the hardest years of my life. But having that connection and listening to all the callers and talking to you guys on a regular basis just uh, reminds you who you are. Talking Sports returns in 2024. January 15th. Folks, look, I just want to thank you because you guys make the show. And we really look forward to seeing you back for our 21st year. And you've helped us make it to that 21st. A brilliant new year. And just remember that we're back. Talking Sports. With a few simple clicks on the Finance Easy website, you can borrow a serious amount of money without even leaving home. They make Finance Easy, offering a large range of lenders with rates more competitive than the bank. Applying couldn't be easier. Just visit the Finance Easy website, provide a few details, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to financeeasy.com.au or call 1300 003 003. Australian Credit Licence Number 392182. You can turn your wedding or other group function into a memorable special occasion at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Overlooking their picturesque 18th green, Twin Creeks Clubhouse is the perfect venue for any group get-together, party or celebration. Do yourself a favour and find out about having your wedding or other group function at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. Go to twincreeksgolf.com.au or phone Twin Creeks Helpful Function Staff on 96708888. For the management of pain and inflammation associated with osteo and other mild forms of arthritis, try Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel. Always read the label, use only as directed, and if symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Look for Stiff Sore and Sorry Pain Relief Gel at pharmacies and health food stores everywhere. To find the location of your nearest Stiff Sore and Sorry stockist, go to loveoilcollection.com.au. 
or phone Ray on 040-66-71-359. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9. Kia's all-electric seven-seat SUV with an integrated panoramic display and premium relaxation mode. The Kia EV9 provides you with all the best luxury and comfort features. Book a test drive and experience the most groundbreaking Kia ever. Kia, movement that inspires. This is Radio 2SM. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network... You're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. Thank you, Jono. It is 22 after 6. You got one right. <laughs> what? You got one right. You got one right. <laughs> Good morning, Melinda Baby. Good morning, fellas. How are we? I'm really good. I just uh, one for the sponsors. Shimano is uh, supporting the Putt Bennett fishing competition off the, the, off the, the town of Milestone, which is part of the Kalang Ballinger system up here on the north coast. It's been running now for 28 years this year um, and hundreds of kids and families involve themselves in the competition. And, um, you, you drop your fish into the, to the Milestone Bowling Club um, for a weighing and measuring and then you, they get released the next day, so it's a big catch and release tournament. Um, Pat Bennett was a legend up here in his day and his family's kept the tradition going and Shimano is one of many, many sponsors for the event this weekend, which is a, you know something a lot of holiday makers look forward to that come up for their annual holiday, but also for a lot of locals. Yeah. Now, just changing subjects for a minute, um, Bureau Mets, we always tend to give them a hard time, but they are one of the best weather system or weather predicting systems in the world out of the five or six majors. Yeah, and you know, there's a bit of talk about that today because you know a lot of farmers followed the advice that you know we were going into uh, into you know La Nina again um, and weren't you know they decided not to plant the crops or you know offload a lot of stock which you know they weren't getting good prices for but we haven't seen that come through at the supermarket. No, oh, they said it takes ten months. I, I can't work that out, but it takes ten months for the price of meat to drop. When they fair, takes about though, ten minutes when they put the prices price up, up, though. Right, yeah. To be fair, I'm enjoying pretty cheap lamb. I have been the last couple of months, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think for a lot of you've really got to source your your, your butchers and, and and your suppliers, and you can get some better prices than the supermarket. Which goes to the point: try and get you know your, your meat from local suppliers because yes. there's a lot of a lot of really good programs now where it's you know it's paddock. Straight to the to the consumer's plate, and I think that's a, that's a really good thing that technology is enabling. But yeah, so but it reminded me when I was water minister, there was you know we were getting advice in terms of how much rain was coming, and there were some big decisions that we had to make because the drought had been on us. We all remember, and there was decisions about whether farmers could take some of the water to, to store, you know, to start planting, you know, the crops. Um, but the advice that we were getting away from the Bureau of Meteorology was actually a lot more um, accurate than what the Bureau was giving us. Mel, so, can I ask, and this is a perception rather than, than coming, you know, from an area of knowledge, but when I, when I look at a forecast, like, 
it's, it sounds like the worst each way bet I've read in a two horse race. You know, it basically says, you know, most forecasts will say if it doesn't rain, it'll be sunny. Is this because they're they've come under so much criticism in the past. And and in particular, what I'm talking about, severe thunderstorm warnings. You know, severe thunderstorm warning for this area, you can expect really strong winds, really big hail, and it might happen once in 20 goes. And I'm more worried that people are going to be, you know, the, the boy who cried wolf scenario and not pay attention because they read it every day. But is that because they've been dragged over the cold so much that they're being overcautious and... Therefore, what we're reading is not accurate. Oh, I think they give the best advice that they can, given you know the information and the data they have. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the Bureau of Meteorology is making the point that things are a little bit more unpredictable um, at this time. Um, that climate change uh, is, is driving those sort of challenges to the predictions. But I also make the point that we were getting some um, some really accurate information from a lot of farmers um, during those rain events that was more accurate than what we were getting um, from the Bureau. And that was that was also about in terms of runoff and where the rain had actually fallen. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of challenges we all face. And I think it's better to have some sort of a warning. It's not, you know, there's still, you know, it's a forecast. It's not 100%. So it's better to be prepared put the car under the garage so it doesn't get the hail damage and just be aware that you know that there's some some turmoil coming but you know we've had some pretty big weather events uh, but I think it's it's just worth a discussion and you know just uh, listening to Alan you know from when he's been on the boat and, and you know weather is really important and to track and to, to decide right. where to get that information and um, Al- is really important not just to to, to the boaties, but also to the farmers. And Al, you know, because of flying, you you do a, a more intense right. uh, weather thing. You know, it is the weather. Yeah. <laughs> it's but, but also, the bigger an area that the forecast covers, the more variation you can yeah. get. True. So that's that causes a lot of the problems. So they say, oh, the Sydney region is, you know. Two to twenty mil of rain, but it could be in the northern suburbs, the southern suburbs, or out west type of thing. So it makes it very hard when it's a, a very tight knit area. We can do it; it makes it easier. And if we don't have the right sort of measurements in the river systems and the gauges, yeah. we're not going to know what the rivers are doing um, themselves. And that was one thing that we really fought for in government, and we achieved um, was another Doppler radar through the central west. Um, to your point, Alan, the more the more the radars, the more monitoring you have, the better your, your results are going to be. That's right, and being able to interpret. But a lot of these private um, forecasters all use the bomb basic stuff and then interpret it a slightly different way. Absolutely, um, and that's spot on. And, and I think, you know, it's been a it's, it's tough if you've made decisions and, you know, gambling and, and farming have, have some things in common. You've got to forecast for a, a horse race. Um, but you're taking a punt, yeah. <laughs> you, you, still, you've got to make decisions which... You know, hindsight can be just the most awful thing to contemplate because you've made a decision. Um, but sometimes you make the right one, sometimes you don't make the right one. But also just pointing out today that in the Coffs Harbour District, we've got the Pink Lady Races on at the Coffs Harbour Racecourse. Yes, uh, a great event for um, breast cancer fundraising. And a good mate of mine, Tanya Johnson, organises that every year. And she's a survivor herself. And um, that'll be a great day at the Coffs Harbour Racecourse. And Mel, just on the racing front uh, with the Magic Millions on... Um, and the, in particular, the sales uh, last week they had the um, the awards for the, the women in the racing industry and some some very notable people taking out some very well earned prizes. So good to see that uh, they were recognised up there in Queensland at the Magic Millions. Yeah, and it's also some really 
great female um, jockeys coming through from the mid-north coast around the Tari area. Absolutely. But um, I suppose we should talk about water again. Um, you know, last week I was chatting to you all and said that we had to go off to patrol, um, surf patrol for, you know, surf life saving. Well, we had the, um, I shouldn't say dickhead of the year award, should I? Because it's too early in the year. Not that I should use that terrible expression. Contender. <laughs> Dar- Darwin Awards. <laughs> Darwin Award. Uh, I tell you what, we're sitting on the beach and, you know, the, we get a, a call from um, from our radio tower saying, oh, please head down to the river, which because we're two kilometres from the river mouth at Hungry Head where we do our patrol. So that means the boys have to, or it does, depends on who's got their patrolling or their rubber rubber ducky capability certificate. So I don't have that. So the boys got in the, the rubber ducky, headed down to the river because there were there was concerns. Locals had seen a couple of, people look like they could have capsized in a boat um and anybody knows that you know any of those bars along the coast it's not a good place to be capsizing your boat um you know it's, it's a river mouth and it's probably one you shouldn't you know exit from too often uh anyway so the rubber ducky gets down there we sent the young boys down in the um the all-terrain vehicle in case it was first aid required anyway it turns out these numbskulls these darwinians had decided to uh, moor their boat. They put anchor out at the at the mouth of the river where the, there was some still breaks of waves and decided to have a swim right there in the middle of the river. <laughs> so I, I, I suspect so a few choice words and actions <laughs> were given to the idiots. Um, and uh, anyway, the boys came back on the rubber ducky and the other uh, the, the young fellas on the all-terrain vehicle, and we got back to our normal patrol. But um, you you know what it's like. The number of times you put signs up, beach closed due to blue bottles, and you just stand there and watch people go in. Well, it's a sign with wet paint. What is it? Your first yeah. thing that you touch it to see if it's wet. Yeah, the, the thing with the wet paint is, though, if you get wet paint on your hands, I don't need to come and get stung in order to help you get that paint off. Where clubbies do, and I, and I know you. I would dare say you've been down that road, Melinda. I certainly have. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we closed the beach every time we had a blue bottle here, though, we'd never get in the water. <laughs> yeah, true, true. They do do it, but, but well, they—I don't know if they still do. They used to do it in Sydney. Okay, Quite so what is the best thing for a blue bottle sting? There's all sorts of oh, different remedies. They tell you now, and oh, Melinda should answer this because she's more no, current. No, I think Grant, that you're the you're the expert because they say not to do vinegar and not to do hot water, maybe just some cold water. But you know, what's your latest, Grant? There's, oh, there, oh, I, I, I got stung really badly at Bondi once and went into a local chemist and he gave me this Medi Plus cream and I tell you, the sting went within seconds of putting it on and it was all over my lips and my side of my face so it was like, I was in great relief out of it. But yeah, they say, is it cold? I thought they, I thought they said warm water. Yeah, warm water. To get rid of it. Yeah, but no vinegar or anything like that that we used to do in the, the good old days. Well, I um, I don't know how I, I I really don't even want to say this, but now I'm halfway through saying it. I've got to say it. I still haven't had a blue bottle bite. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, but and we do like because we get a big northeasterly. That's the prevailing wind system here. So, on my walks on the beach, I'm often you know more more days I see blue bottles on the beach than I don't, and um, somehow I've been able to miss it. So. I don't know if I'm immune to them, but they just like they just don't bother me that much. I, you know, you've been stung, and you know it's there, but it's not you know debilitating or anything. 
But if it, yeah, but if you're getting near your eye, your mouth, you know, that's a very sensitive area. Yeah, on your lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I might have mentioned when we were up in the uh, Whit Sundays last year, we found these blue button jellyfish. Mm-hmm. And they're only the size of your fingernail. And they're actually a bright blue type of thing. Yeah. And, and they're pretty. Like, oh, they're, they're pretty. pretty. Oh, yeah, they're, they're nice and pretty. Yeah, they're, they're lovely. Lovely things we to look at. We had them here on the beach just before Christmas. Yeah, and they're, they're uh, poisonous to the animals. The dogs will eat them. They see this blue thing and they'll go and eat them and it can kill them. Ooh. But oh. it doesn't do much to the humans. It might be a mild sting type of thing, but yeah, it'll kill a dog. Like- Lucky my dog was just so obsessed with the tennis ball, he doesn't notice anything. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, he's a really naughty dog to go on the beach with because if you have to, oh, he just goes and steals people's balls. Like, he just takes <laughs> them. And, like, people, I say, please, could you just wait till we, you know, or, uh, walk away for about a kilometre before you throw the ball again because you'll come back and get it. Melinda. Rude. Yeah, Melinda, the animals take after their owners. <laughs> but, well, Happy New Year to you too. <laughs> Thank you. Put your head back now. What, what do they say? I'm a politician. If I'm not patting a baby, baby patting a baby on the head or stealing their lollipop at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. I'm not a politician anymore. <laughs> Okay. We'll leave it at that for today. Thank you, next politician. And a very good one at that. <laughs> Thanks bye. for your time, Melinda. <laughs> See ya. Honourable Melinda Pope. Yeah, she's a very good girl. Great value. 26 minutes away from seven. For those high rise and difficult access painting jobs, Skyhook Painting is the answer. Instead of using costly and unsightly scaffolding, Skyhook's expert tradesmen will abseil down your building, preparing and painting the surface as they go. So if you've got a high-rise or difficult-access painting job, get in touch with Skyhook Painting. Go to skyhookpainting.com.au or phone 0449 849 949. Peters of Kensington's Bridal Registry Service has been the first choice for couples for nearly 40 years. Peters offers an Australian-wide registry service, not just for weddings, but for any occasion. With their legendary customer service, years of experience and huge range, finding that perfect gift for your big day couldn't be easier. Visit Peters of Kensington, 57 Anzac Parade, Kensington, or organise your registry online at petersofkensington.com.au. Why in the world would you shop anywhere else but Peters? of Kensington. Because they specialise in strata complex unit and commercial building repairs or upgrades, Network Construction Services are the remedial building specialists that you can trust and you really can trust them. They're good. So if you do need repairs or you do need refurbishments or maintenance to your strata complex or unit or commercial building, Network Construction Services are the leaders in remedial building work. Call Steve 980856 Seven three. Are you building a new home? Well, there's a more affordable way with a PAL Kit Home, Australia's most experienced and trusted kit home supplier for more than 50 years. You can become an owner-builder and manage the building of your own home. PAL guarantee that you can do it even without prior building experience. Find out how you can build 
your very own home. Go to PAL, that's P-A-L, kithomes.com.au or you can phone them on 1-800-024-912. There's nothing like Razorback 4x4. They make Australia's best four-wheel drive seat covers which offer protection like no other. So you can get out and about knowing that the interior is protected from spills, mud, sand, dogs, even messy family members. Razorback 4x4 have the strongest, most comfy seat covers this side of the black stump and they're customizable with free shipping Australia-wide. Head to Razorback4x4.com.au and grab some for your four-wheel drive today. That's Razorback4x4.com.au. Recently retired and want to give back to the community? Looking to contribute to a worthwhile cause? Join View Clubs of Australia, a friendly women's network in your local community. View supports the Smith family to help Australian children in need break the cycle of poverty. Become a member today. Call 1-800-805-366 or go to view.org.au. News, sport, talk. 2SM 1269. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network... This is High Tide. Brought to you by Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. It is 22 minutes away from seven. Am I allowed to say uh, coming up soon we're going to catch up with the Teletubby? Yeah, you can. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I know that Laurie will be killing himself laughing right now. I know that uh, I'm going to get into trouble for it, though. Hey, on a more serious note, yes. let's let's do a, a little tech spot. Epurbs. Yes. Okay, there's different types. There's EPIRB, which is emergency position indicating radio beacon, and a personal PLB, which is a personal locator beacon. The difference is EPIRBs float, okay, and they're good for 48 hours. PLBs don't float, and they're good for 24 hours. So the boat you're supposed to have an EPIRB on because it floats. Yep. But we carry in our life jackets, we have PLBs, for our own thing so people can find us. But on on the big boat, for instance, I've got three EPIRBs. Oh, sorry, two EPIRBs and a PLB. The life raft has its own EPIRB. The boat has its own EPIRB, so for, for different animals. And then our tender, we've got a PLB that lives in that. So if you're away from the boat or something goes wrong, if you're out at sea, you can you've bang. got that. But now there was an interesting uh, thing raised the other week and uh, it came from Pete Sayer who, who reposted it from someone else and a lady actually went and tested the EPIRB because it's got a switch on there that you can get, just flick it and it doesn't activate the EPIRB but it'll flash a light and it'll beep and it'll tell you to make sure the battery's active and her battery wasn't active in that and they, they're good for six or seven years and it was an Australian made one but I think someone had, had a play with it because the battery pack underneath it was a heap of, I'm not picking on brands but it was Energizer batteries um, Double A's just been taped together and put under there, and yeah. I don't think they're the same standard as what was put on the well, other not ones. Designed for, it. for six or seven yeah. years time, you don't know how old they were before they were put in. So I'm not saying anything wrong with those batteries, but it was just the application wasn't correct. So when you're checking your safety gear and your life jackets, and they say to do it every month, but at least you know if you're going offshore, just check that beep. Yeah. EPIRB's working, there's no problems. It's not a hard thing to do, and they're not that expensive when you think about it. They've come down in price now. And there's different EPIRBs. You can get um, a standard one, which is to about five square kilometres. They'll know where you are within five square kilometres. If it's a GPS activator one with its own internal GPS, they know where you are within 100 square metres. Yeah. 
Now, if I let the EPIRB off, I want people to know where I am with 100 <laughs> exactly. square metres, 10 metres by 10 metres, not five kilometres. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's worth spending a few extra dollars. And you can get water activated as well now. So if it goes over the side of the boat, um, water activates it, off it goes, topping. Otherwise, you've got to manually activate them. And we've also got a life cell on board the boat, which carries the boat EPIRB which is a floating arrangement which can have four people hang on to and it carries the flares and the EPIRB. So yeah. there's good things to have if you're going offshore. And, of course, the EPIRB does differ from radios that have got DSC on them. That's right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Where DSC, you just push the button, hold it for four seconds, and anybody with AIS will know exactly if where it, you are. If it's set up. But if it's set up. The yeah. EPIRB goes off and goes back to AMSA. Yeah. So they're right on. But that's the same. If you're getting rid of an EPIRB, please just unscrew the, take the screws off the top, pull it, disconnect the battery if you're throwing it away or recycling it typing so it doesn't get activated by mistake. Because we get calls every now and again from amps. Oh, there's something going off just around a corner from you. Is there someone in distress? Oh, no, we're at Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> but a PLB will do the same thing for them. They get that too. Yeah. So then, And you register them with AMSA, and every two years they'll send you a reminder to see are these details still current or yes. do you need to change them? And how much does it cost to register? Nothing. Nothing. So it's just a couple of minutes of your time to do. Yeah. And, and it's very easy to... Well, I was going to say it's very easy to fill in the form, but... Not for Karen. It's easy-ish to it's, fill in the form. It's not too bad. There, there's a couple of... If, you, if you're a novice, there's a couple of confusing areas, but... Hex ID and this sort of thing yeah, and what's going on. Yeah. But, but, you know, list next of kin and people to contact and things like that. Definitely worth the effort to do and Absolutely. make sure it's current and up to date. Absolutely. We'll take a quick break and be back here on High Tide in just a few moments' time. 2SM has Sydney talking. You used to be paying $600 a quarter for electricity, now they're paying $1,200. At the bottom line, when you line up at the checkout, what you are living on, that's where it's still really hurting us. Small minorities are getting in there who have an agenda to push because we are quiet and when I say we I mean the majority then we have to accept it. The minority blokes are out there jumping up and down in the streets that's why they're getting things through that they shouldn't be getting through. Summer mornings with Dave Cochran. You'll see more of Australia in less time when you travel by plane without back by air in a fraction of the time it would take you by road, Outback by Air will fly you to destinations you'll never forget and you'll probably never see again. What you will cover in a week on Outback by Air, all-inclusive tour, would take you up to a month or more to do in a motor car. Check the packages and destinations available at outbackbyair.com.au or you can phone 1300-310-503. Nothing says Aussie summer. Like an ice-cold Bundaberg ginger beer. Coupled with backyard barbecues, sunshine and your mates. Bundaberg ginger beer is a true blue brew. A quintessential classic. Craft brewed over three days using real Aussie ginger. And a traditional family recipe which has been perfected over four generations. Treat yourself this summer to the great Australian brew. Bundaberg ginger beer. Relax and unwind before you take off when you stay overnight at Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel. Located just a minute's walk to the terminal and a five-minute stroll to the beach, Ridges Gold Coast Airport Hotel is your perfect home away from home. Enjoy a sundowner and meal at Ridges Rooftop Bar with views along the Gold Coast beaches and the hinterland. Visit ridges.com or you can call... Zero seven five six one nine eight one nine eight. There's a conversation going on. It's a conversation that will never end. 
Radio 2SM is at the centre of it all, connecting you to what really matters, to the issues you care about, to the debate you want to be part of. This is Radio 2SM. The Hyundai SUV sale event is on now. Enjoy a brilliant $2,000 factory bonus on selected Santa Fe and Palisade, plus a great $1,500 factory bonus on the Tucson SUV. Experience our most innovative SUVs, packed with SmartSense safety, advanced technology and intuitive design. Hurry, limited time only. Offer on select stock and not applicable on every model. T's and C's apply. Visit your local showroom today. Imagine that. Hyundai. 2SM has Sydney talking. On 2SM and the Super Radio Network. You're listening to High Tide. Brought to you by Blake's Marine. Check out the range at blakesmarine.com.au and Shimano. Tomorrow's tackle today. And we're going to grab a uh, fishing report from Kieran in a moment. But speaking of Blake's Marine, what have we got on special this week? Well, Stacer. Stacer Boats. We've got about 50-odd in stock. And most are on the website. There's some great deals on the stock boats. So it's worth the effort. You know, we talked about some yesterday, 449 uh, Crossfire. Uh, all set up with 70 horsepower Yamaha, 39990 is down for about $47,000. He's good so. at passing on that information, Lee, isn't he? Yes, <laughs> he does well with that, doesn't he? <laughs> no, but you go to the website and you click yeah. on stock boats and it runs all through the stock boats, how they're rigged and what there is, and there's different packs and what you can get, also the bar crushes. So. And how quick's the turnaround nowadays? Ah, oh, it depends on how busy the workshop is and the fit-out bays are, but a lot of these boats are pre-rigged, so yep. they're not too bad. If it's already rigged, we'll turn it around in, in a week type of thing. <sighs> if you've got to rig it, it's a couple of weeks, but if it's a fresh order or something different, it could be eight or ten weeks. So, Kieran, if I grab my brand-new Stacer, where can I go fishing? I'd take it down the south coast. Well, I'd go to Sydney Harbour. Sydney Harbour's excellent at the moment. You know, you've got the Hawkesbury River, you've got the central coast, you go further up the coastlines. But down, if you go down the south coast around Batemans Bay, Naruma, it's fishing very well down there. And, uh, of course, you've got a bit of the breeze coming up, but the, the fishing is excellent at the moment, except offshore a little bit up here, up uh, off uh, Maloolabar and Maroochee Door and a bit further up, you know, because of the weather. Uh, but otherwise, fishing is, is quite good. Baits and soft plastic working well. Don't forget the pro lures. They work really well. But a bait, you know, I'd uh, I'd look at the prawns, the nippers, uh, a bit of squid. It would be good. So all in all, fishing is quite good. Okay. That's what a... else do you want me to tell you? You know, oh. you know, I could go right through individually all the places, but I just think overall, if it was me, I'd either in Sydney, I would go take my kids to Narrabeen Lake where the fish are on the chew there, or I'd go to one of the beaches and okay. fish the beaches. No worries. Okay. And uh, out of one of those boats, that stays a boat. I thought after what you said about yesterday, how the harbour was, I could just imagine one of those, the girls sitting up the front with the chicken and champagne. You could dangle a line, pick up a couple of kingies if you drift around the wharfs. 
the get other... over to Rose Bay, Vaucluse. If all this fails at Vaucluse, at least you can go on shore and have a great great feed. The other good thing about a bow rider, if the girls aren't sitting at the front, you put the kids out the front and they're out of the road. <laughs> <laughs> I got some good news. Right. I got some good news. Yes. I was a bit worried that we may have offended Paul. The Teletubby. And he, and he wasn't going to talk That's to us this morning. That's what you call him, the Teletubby. I, I was passing on information. I wouldn't say it. I'm far too fine a person to be involved in something as dubious oh, well. as that. Paul Burke, good morning. Excuse me. Good morning. Hey, uh, good morning. How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. <laughs> hey, Karen, I've got some great news for you, mate, and I know you're going to be ecstatic about this, but Shimano are releasing a whole wide range of, of uh, electric reels that, um, and because they're in such a backlog at the moment that uh, all these new sizes and, and uh, models are, are hitting the shelves because they're in uh, massive... Uh, 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 people wanting them now. They're, they're, they're a, a, a commodity that people need to have. So well, McAnally will probably... I know you'll love that. <laughs> yeah, well, Laurie McAnally would agree, and he said to me, Kieran, you need, if you want to go fishing, you need an electric reel so you can stay strapped in the chair and you yeah. uh, you won't fall overboard and create I, drama. I would... I would love to take you out fishing with an electric reel, Kieran. I think that would be the best thing there, buddy. I think you and I on the boat and uh, and just... Uh, you know, drop how many, can, how many cans to go down and how many cans to come back up? <laughs> okay, now that's a good question because I get asked that a lot and I've put it to the test. It depends on the depth. <laughs> and I tell you what, Paul, it wouldn't be the first time Kieran was strapped into a seat. <laughs> <laughs> they just won't turn the electricity on. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh look, I think uh, I, I, was, I was talking to the boys. I was talking to Dom from Shimano there a couple of days ago, and uh, and they were saying to me that you know there's so many uh, different models coming out now. We're, we're looking forward to, and uh, they'll be into all the tackle stores around the country uh, mid year. Then another release coming out to the end of the year. So it's going to be a lot of fun and awesome stuff there for people. Uh, you know, looking forward to uh, to doing a variety of fishing. Sounds good. So how's which, how's which, the fishing? How's the fishing been up in the Gold Coast? Yeah, look, mate, it hasn't been too bad, you know, because uh, we had the floods up there, uh, you know, come back the last uh, you know, couple of weeks. We were still getting inundated with some, some showers here and there, and, you know, that's just going to be the way it is for a little while longer. Um, so that's really pushed out a lot of water. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, mud crabs. Mud crabs in the Logan River are just phenomenal at the moment, and there's a lot of them. Um, and, and, and if you want to put your pots out, you've really got to keep an eye on them. Otherwise, people are going to be, unfortunately, checking that they do share farms. So my suggestion is if, you, uh, if, you, if you're crabbing from the bank, even if you're in the Broad Beach canals, uh, the canal systems up towards Bond University behind the Gold Coast or in the Cooma River, Narang River, anywhere like that, you don't need a boat. But if you're going to put, put them in off the bank, is that if you put them in in the morning and you check them in the afternoon, there's a high chance someone's going to check them. So the idea is to put them out late in the afternoon, just before dark, and then check them first thing in the morning before the sun gets up too high. And that way, people aren't checking your pots at night if you've put them in off the bank and tied it to a tree uh, because they can't see them and the traffic is minimal at night time. So and under the cover of darkness, you're going to catch more. So, you know, that's a, that's a good thing to do. My suggestion is, like, uh, Anaconda, you can get four pots for 30 or 40 bucks or something, so it's worthwhile. Otherwise, you're paying 80 to five, 85 to, to 95 bucks a kilo per crab. Most crabs are averaging... Say one, maybe 0.8 of a kilo up to two and a half kilos on the biggies, but um, you know most are most are around that sort of kilo mark. So you, you've already paid for your pots once you once you catch a crab. Um, but they're a full hey, hey, crab pot. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. 
Do you reckon we could organise a couple of tickets for those crabs to ride their way up here to uh, Maroochydore? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, uh, don't you guys have the best banana, uh, the best prawns up there, the Malulabar uh, King? Yeah, got, King yeah, King the prawns there. are here. The prawns are here, yeah. but the the muddies have been a little bit quiet. Good run of whiting the last few days. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, good whiting too. Yeah, thirty-five to forty. Yeah. They're good. It's good fishing up there um, on the Sunday, like Malula Bar, down around, uh, you know, even down towards the, you know, the, the bottom end of Caloundra or the top end of Caloundra is pretty good. Mm. Bottom end of Noosa, Maruchi, all those spots. And Maruchi, I like Maruchi. Maruchi River is, is phenomenal, and the entrance down there is absolutely brilliant. You know, tea tree is just perfect. It's lots of good fishing, good banks, good flathead, good wading, good boating. Good, just uh, you don't need a boat again. It's one of those places that's pretty good. Um, but, you know, you, you, with your beach worms, here's another one. We've talked about the mud crabs. Um, put fresh bait in. Uh, mullet's going to be your best bet. Um, as for your... Uh, and and, and if people like Kieran who come from New South Wales into Queensland, is that our crab laws change? They've got to be bigger, 15 centimetres across the carapace. So we can't keep females. So you've got to be aware of your laws or it will cost you a pretty penny. So, Kieran, don't take the female crabs if you're up there, mate, and, uh, you know, you catch a couple of crabs in your pot you'll get in trouble. Um, but your beach worms, I want to talk about beach worms because, you know, beach worms is a phenomenal way of catching bait. It's fun once you know how to do it. Alvy bring out a, a, a worm plier that you can get at Anaconda or any, anywhere else. And uh, they help you just when you get the worm's little head comes up because you're waving a bit of bait in front of him on the on the surf. Um, you grab him with the pliers. But, you know, you jump on our YouTube channel, you'll be able to find out how to do it with your fingers anyway. But that's a great way of saving cost of bait because you go to a local survey and pick up a packet of sea worms or beach worms and they're, they're about four bucks fifty each now you can go out there and catch 10 yourself there's you know there's 45 bucks nearly so you've already you've already saved yourself a lot of money and you're doing it yourself and putting them in the freezer and taking them home when you want to take them or take them fishing when you want to take them so yeah I'm, I'm well you had mis- catching your own bait yep mr mcanally was telling us how well the skin off the le- of the leg ham has worked for him. Uh, he uses that after they finished eating the hemp Wasn't and picks up four or five mud crabs. Yeah, I think it was a bone. Is that right for his um, for crab baits? Uh, for, for crab baits. Worms and yeah. crab bait. Crab bait. Ham. Yeah. Ah. Well, hey, how good chicken well, frames? Chicken frames work very well for crab baits. I'm going to take your advice, Birdie. I'm going to grab one. Yeah, mate. Well, pig head is a pretty good one, but and that gives people who check your crab pots a bit of a fright when they <laughs> As long as it's not a horse's head. Get half a suckling pig head, get in the band, saw it down the snout to the gob and uh, up to the back of his nodge and, and put that into your crab pot. And the funny thing is, and, and Laurie will know about this, Mr. McAnally will know about this, is that um, you, your pork lasts longer in warmer water where your crabs are found than your standard local fish like a mullet. There you go. Which is really weird. Yeah, okay. I don't know why. I don't know why. But, yeah, pork is a, pork is a really good mud crab bait and he's a pro. And, um, yeah, totally, totally agree with him on that one. Okay, um, step outside. Hey, step outside. Uh, yeah, not on today. We're, uh, we're in a bit of a sabbatical, so we're back on air with season six in, uh, in March, brought to you by Anaconda. That's a lot of fun. Got a big season coming up. That's in early March, that starts. And, of course, at the moment, you can just check out all previous players on 7 Plus Apps uh, app and uh, download it and check it out. It's easy. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Much appreciated. <laughs> You're right there, Blakey. Okay. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Kieran. You take care up there, mate. I'll get an electric reel and uh, we'll take you out for a, 
for that fish, mate. <laughs> look for, I look forward to that. Season six. How good that. Yeah. How good that is. That is an achievement in today's modern society. That's it. That is the program for today. Make sure you enjoy yourself. Be careful. The weather is looking a little bit eh out there at the moment. Ah, it's beautiful. Safe boating, everyone. Look forward to your company next Saturday and Sunday. So, Ben, keep your eye on that sky and you have a great day and a safe touch. Hoping for that red fin, one pound to put in Mama's fridge. Where the wobbler and the dragonfly knew us like they knew the river bend. But as sure as yabbies bite your toes, this boyhood story had to end.